0: what is going on people it's the fly life podcast episode 29 i'm your host martin novak and for this week i have trey player on the show trey is a guy that i met about two years ago when he was managing the airviews team and they brought me on as a team pilot since then he's just been popping up in my fpv life uh, here and there he had a quick stint at tattoo and now he works at Foxeer and china hobby line um, he's been in the fpv game for a while always you know mostly on the business side of stuff in terms of straight fpv quads he has his own aerial um, photography and cinematography business and he used to build custom rigs so super cool guy we talked about his fpv journey managing teams dealing with pilots where he thinks the industry is going All that kind of stuff. So I hope you guys enjoy that. And then I wanted to give a big shout out to Quad X. Um, The t-shirts that I got from you were awesome. Um, I'm rocking one right now, the Fail Space one. And uh, Brandy was rocking the Prop Wash shirt. So do me a favor and go check out Quad X on Instagram. And uh, the link to the store is there for some sweet FPV clothes. And he comes out with, like, a new design every week, which is awesome. Um, And then the last thing is Rebel uh, hat giveaway ends... This Friday, April 5th, so you have two more days to enter. All you have to do is send me a screenshot of um, you of your subscription to my Airviews channel, Co on Airviews, and send it to the email flylifegiveaway at gmail.com. If you're already um, subscribed, that's fine. Just send the screenshot over, and you can win a Rebel Hat. It's the Corkville One this Friday. And uh, thanks for listening, guys. I'll see you guys next week. Sounds good, man. Well, uh, why don't you tell the world who you are and what you do?
1: Uh, Well, I'm Trey Player, and I work with uh, CNHL and Foxeer. I work for both of those companies, um, helping them with marketing, uh, a little bit of team management for Foxeer. CNHL, we have uh, Frank Sarfino. He's our team manager there. Um, But I just kind of help things go around in the FPV industry, man.
0: Yeah, I feel like that last part you said right there, like, help things go around, like, that's how I've always, like, you've always just come up in the FPV realm in, like, various instances. Like, I heard about you first and started talking to you when you were back with Airviews, and I think that's coming up on, like, two, two and a half years ago or something like that. Right. Yeah. When I first heard about you, and then I was like, for a bit, I was trying to get in touch with Tattoo, and like, I ended up with your email, and then I was like, trying to get in touch with Fox here, and I ended up with your email, and it was just like, (laughs) weird FPV roads that ended up taking me back to Trey Flair, man, it's weird.
1: Yeah, it's funny, dude, you know, um, I was with Tattoo for about three months, things just didn't work out, you know, we just, we saw things differently. And, um, we parted ways, you know, no hard feelings on either side. I hope, um, with air views, air views was a very long road. We were, we were with air views for, I think almost three years and, um, man, it was beautiful. You know, we, we traveled all over, got to meet a lot of great people like yourself. Got to go to a lot of really cool races and just events and just this and that. So we definitely miss air views, but I'm happy. Um, where I'm at right now with Fox here and CNHL, both of those guys are, um, they're very stable companies. And they're most, they're also two of the, of the most easiest companies that I've ever had to work with when it comes to operating with an Asian company. You know, uh, there's, there's always a language barrier there. Um, so it's it's really, really harmful to those companies whenever they can't conduct business with people because they can't speak to each other, yeah. you know, and both with CNHL and Fox Ear. Um, we have Harvey Wong and Libby Tang with Fox Ear and um, Jason with uh, CNHL. So um, all really good people and uh, really easy to work with.
0: Yeah. And so like before you even got into the air thing, how did you even first get into FPV? Like what was uh, your uh, I guess what was your previous professional background? Like what was cool. your before <laughs> FPV life?
1: <laughs> so, um so I've always been extremely entrepreneurial. Um when I was 18, I started my own business doing automotive interior repair which basically means that I worked at uh, a lot of the local large car lots, not like small lots, but you know, large new car sales and helped them fix any blemishes or anything along those lines that happened to the interiors of cars. And, um, I did that for, uh, about, about seven years. And, um, then I went on the road with a band, uh, for about three years and just traveled. Yeah, man. Yeah. Just like, <laughs> It's crazy, dude. Um, <clears throat> so I did that for a little while, and then um, I ended up back in um, Louisiana for a little while. Uh, went through Hurricane Katrina and Hurricane Gustav and Hurricane Ike, and after that, I was like, okay, no more hurricanes, dude. I'm like, I'm so over the hurricanes. Um and one of my bandmates had moved to Arizona and he was like, Hey dude, you should come out here and check it out and I'm like shit dude, that's the one place that we can go that we don't have to worry about hurricanes. So, yes. yeah. so we, we Hands down. Out. And um, this is yeah.
0: circa like when?
1: Um this was like two thousand and seven, two thousand and eight. Okay. And um so actually in two thousand and eight I broke my back. I was in a, I was in a pretty severe car accident. And I'll I'll, I'll show you how that kind of ties into my whole FPV life. But uh, so 2008, I broke my back. We went through the hurricanes. It was just a really, really bad time where we were living at in Arizona or Louisiana. So we bailed out of Louisiana and moved to Arizona. Um, During my process of healing, um, I started getting into um, RC flying again. I had flown RC whenever I was a kid. Uh, back in the 80s, yeah, I know, right? shit, how old are you, dude? I'm 43, actually, man. But oh, yeah. um, So I, I flew RC whenever I was a kid and just kind of grew up, got out of it, moved on to other things. But um, when I was living in Arizona, I really started getting hard and heavy into um, flying RC. And I came across this video, I think it was titled, um, How Far Can You Fly?, and uh, some dude uh, put a camera uh, on his uh, plane, it was a Cessna, and flew it out like four miles. And I was like, how the hell did this guy do this, man? This was like, dude, this was before Alex Grieve or Trappy or like anybody. This was like, this was so long ago. So I actually reached out to the guy, man. And he told me, he's like, yeah, I actually stole the camera, or not stole, I took a camera um out of one of the uh the little bubble cams that you see like in stores the, the the security cams so and that's exactly who it was from it was from security cam 2000 was the name of the company that that we would end up getting these micro cameras from and so um we ended up buying some of those he he told me about the transmitters that he was used and he was on 1.3 at the time so um, I had to buy a plane that was big enough that could house a freaking 1.3 antenna. And, and it was crazy, dude. So that's kind of how my whole FPV life started. That was before quads. Like there were, there were no quads back then. Um, and that was like uh, that's 2009 was that's... around the year. I love how this
0: is so long ago and, like, the technology was so different, but the black hole effect is the same. Dude,
1: (laughs) so back (laughs) then, back then when you had a question, like, how do I do this? There were no forums that we could go to to search because nobody had ever done anything like this before, you know, so it – our questions wouldn't get answered for like two and three months at a time, dude. And there were like, there were motors that would come out that they just wouldn't, wouldn't match well with certain ESCs. And so we would have to wait like months for new ESCs or months for new motors to come out. And now the industry compared to then, dude, we move so fast now. It's almost non-comparative because uh, we have, we see new ESCs and motors come out like almost every week now. you know, it's, it's really hard to keep up with it. And back then it was like, please just give me the right propeller that I can use for this freaking plane. You know, like I don't need a pull prop. I need a push prop. But if I put my push prop on my pull prop engine, I've got to reverse it. It was just like, everything was so screwed up back then. Um, so now it's like, it's night and day, man. and, and, it's almost to the point where you don't have to work as hard today as you did back then because the answers are laid out right in front of you
0: yeah it's definitely like the barrier to entry and it's way more streamlined but that kind of like experience you know being into it from that long ago and kind of watching it happen from like literally the inception of security cct camera camera onto aircraft as like someone that represent brands and has had this kind of path through FPV that's got to give you a really interesting perspective on this whole process
1: it does you know so when I hear people talk about how difficult it is right now you know for and they're waiting for new products to come out I just think of that back in the day it's like dude you guys have no idea it's like the man. dust
0: bowl you know? of FPV <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: funny, man. it is it's it's amazing but I, I love how quickly things are moving right now they're moving so fast right now that I think that we're really about to see a drastic turn in the way that multi-rotors are built and the way that they look. Like, I compare it right now to, you know, we're riding on cars with just frames. Like, there's no body there. There's, you know, no hood. It doesn't look sharp. It's just, you see axles in the frame, man. Yeah. You know, I think that we're going to see a large change in the way that, that things are done soon.
0: Yeah, yeah, there's so some much. dude looking at your back window. Yeah. <laughs> cool. <laughs> <They're smoking me. laughs> I was like, yo, I'm about to witness a <laughs> Yeah, Right?
1: <laughs> Grab my gun. Yeah. <laughs> um,
0: yeah, I think things are moving crazy fast now. Like it, I mean, I it's slowed down a bit. I will say that. But like yeah. for a while, I was always thinking like, what if like Apple or like any other major manufacturer was trying to keep up with the schedule? It'd be like, all right, guys, quarterly iPhone release. We got to get this thing going.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm glad that you bring that up though, is because uh, one of the pilots that we used to work with in, with Airviews was Ken Liu, and um, Ken Liu is a uh, flying bear FPV. Uh, he works with Google, and he helped develop the uh, Google glass and the Google phone and some other like really big stuff and I would always you know like ask him like dude what you, what's going on in the drone world in Google like I know you guys are doing something man and uh he was extremely hush about it but I don't even think that that was a side like there was a whole nother drone department that Google was um establishing you know but yeah, man, you know, there's those companies are definitely in the space, and I think that they're doing stuff, and I think that we're going to start seeing much larger companies come to play when it comes to sponsoring what's going on here.
0: Yeah, it's been, you know, like, I guess it's just been a slow process. Like, you probably saw it too, but I think we, I, I don't even want to call it a bubble, but it was like the honeymoon phase of FPV.
1: yeah. Well, you know, in every industry, there's booms and there's busts, and we've gone through the boom. I think we're just coming out of the bust, and now things are starting to normalize, and um, I'm kind of excited to see what's going to happen over the next two years.
0: Yeah, um, definitely. We'll get back to that front in a bit. I want to go back to that, but going back to you getting into planes with jerry-rigged cameras... How do you go from like that to quads? Like, when was the quad inception moment?
1: For you? Um, I don't quite remember like when it was. I know it was not long after I really started getting into the long range FPV thing with um, with fixed wing. I was living in Arizona, and where I was at, I was at seventy five hundred feet. So we had a lot of really high mountainous winds. Like six months out of the year, the winds would be 40 miles per hour plus like a couple of days a week. So it was really, really hard to fly fixed wing out there anywhere, especially foamies. So um, I don't, man, I don't remember how I stumbled across the whole quad thing. I wish I did, but I know that my first built, uh build was with um a DJI F450 frame and um I think it's KK2 was yeah, it KK2 Yeah yeah with the with the screen yeah yeah, 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 yeah. It was, it was, it was digital. It yeah. was really trippy and Which really hard. Which I kind of wish
0: we still had in a little way, like a little. <laughs>
1: Dude, I still have one. Yeah. I've still got one in the box, man. That'd be so awesome. It's like it's gonna go up on the shelf somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> um. But so I, I worked with KK two for a little while, and then I switched over to uh, the NASA light. Um and NASA Lite was like it was really simplified, but that's when forums like really started to come into life for multi-rotors. And um so it was it was a lot easier to find the information than what it was the year, you know, just the year previous to that. So um I I stuck around with the um uh, DJI software for a while, uh moved up to Wukong eventually and, man, you want to talk about freaking difficult, dude, to go from a basic flight controller to something like that. It was just... When Wukong came out, it was game-changing. I mean, you st- we started having the use of GPS and waypoints and things along those lines and actually pulling data that we as not freaking scientists or techie guys could actually read into, you know. Um, so I think Wukong was, to me... The biggest game changer in the in the multi rotor industry for a solid couple of years, I think that they held that, and unfortunately, I don't think that DJI gets any credit for that. The only thing that DJI gets credit for now is the Phantoms and the Inspires and shit like that. But fact is, is that DJI was really a, a grandfather in this industry, man. Before a lot of people even knew about them.
0: Yeah, and it was not like the you know household name it is
1: today no it wasn't that that came because of the phantom and the phantom was like for the first two three years dude the phantom was like such negative publicity for not only dji but just for quad pilots in general yeah anything with four
0: propellers was terrorist activity yeah,
1: yeah anything um people dude i cannot tell you how many times people would like say that we're using them for surveillance or to spy into their windows we went to this um to this one it was a local seminar Uh, i was i was really involved in my community when we were living in arizona so we went to um it was like a business seminar and i have my drones out you know i was just talking to local local business guys and industry leaders and um we had a couple of different older men come up and be like man the community hates you they hate what you do and they hate what you stand for and i'm just sitting here thinking i'm like man Dude, you don't know me. You don't know anything about yeah, me. Yeah, and if I, had,
0: if I had an RC plane here, that thought wouldn't have even, like, crossed your mind. Yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly. And, d- dude, this was... this was I was I was flying a craft with 17-and-a-half-inch props on it back then. Yeah. You know, like... Real low-key spy machine. Coming? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, you heard me coming so far away, man. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyways, man, you know, so DJI really... They brought a lot of publicity to us back then, even though it was negative, it was still publicity, you know? And I think that had it not been for that, that we wouldn't be as big of an industry as we are today. That's for sure.
0: Yeah. I think, all, yeah, like as much as we, you know, talk trash about DJI and like DJI pilot memes and whatnot, it definitely over the last few years has like softened society's view of drones and like DRL and stuff like that definitely helps. Um, but yeah, DRL
1: absolutely helps. I talked to a lot of people, man, who, um, you know, John right
0: like, after sports center. So relatable just in my yeah, brain. It's exactly. like a one, two punch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: Even if they don't sit and watch it, you know, for the whole, the whole, um, show they they get an idea of what it's about, you know, and they know what we do.
0: Yeah, that's very true. Um, yeah, I got, like, when I was getting an FPV, it was, like, the tail end of, like, phantom pictures at airports. You know, like, the first, like, six months or seven months of people coming up to me when I was flying would say stuff like that, and then it, like, slowly changed. It phased yeah, out. Yeah,
1: that was, if I remember correctly, that was a guy out of Istanbul who was doing that, and um, I know that the government basically threw his ass underneath the jail somewhere, man.
0: As they should, man.
1: Yeah, I was so
0: so down with punishing the person, not the community.
1: Yeah, exactly, exactly, man, and and that's the way that it should be. Uh, God, man, when you mention that, you know, I think about California instantly because here we have an opioid problem. You know, like like opioids are just horrible here, man. Like everybody is a fucking addict, and with me having the pain issues that I have related to my car accident. Um, it's almost impossible for me to get any type of pain medication here um, because everybody's a freaking addict and I'm thrown into that, you know, and uh, I'm not, you know, I (laughs) I don't. So, but yeah, it sucks.
0: Yeah. Um, And so, okay, so you're flying these things, FPV starts to happen, quadcopters. At what point are you like, I want to start getting involved in like the business side of things? Like was Airviews the first – you know, like no. a official thing, so, or what's the trailer?
1: Um, so the first thing that, that happened was, um, so like I said, I was really involved with my community when I was living in Arizona. That was because of my wife. Um, she was the director of a battered women's shelter up there, and um, so it just put her in the spotlight, and I helped out a lot. I would go to her events. I would do videos for them and just take pictures and blah, blah, blah. Um, so when the whole multi-rotor thing came out um, and the, I started flying drones, I had another buddy of mine who was in motocross ask me to come out and film him and his son racing motocross. And I'm like, all right, cool, I can do that. You know, it's- no big deal so i went out there on my drone and dude the next thing you know i had like people swarming around me asking if i could do videos for them and you You know take pictures and so boom it was like i don't know if you've ever seen the movie called robots it's a kid's movie and in that movie they say see a need fill a need basically what your community needs find it do it, and you just started yourself a business, and I've always kind of had that, that concept with just life in general, man, you know, like I said, I started my first business at 18, and just, so I've always been entrepreneurial, and um, so I started Aerial Escape, um, after people started asking me about that with the whole drone thing. And, um, aerial escape didn't take very long to like really start blowing up because there were no other aerial companies at the time, you know, like very, very few, like one per state at at best. So I started doing a lot of work in Arizona, um, with not only my community, but, um, some stuff in Phoenix. And then, um, we got a call from discovery and I did a couple of things with those guys. Um, and, There were no Facebook groups dedicated to drones at that time, so I started, I think, if not the first, one of, like, the first three um, Facebook groups called um, FPVRC. And it was basically just for, like, people to go and share their videos or ask questions, so on, etc., Um, which opened the door to other Facebook groups, um, which opened the door to, um, just people knowing who I was, um, what I was trying to do and help grow the communities and the industry. And, um, somebody from Drones Magazine reached out to me. It was Matt Mazziars from Drones Magazine reached out to me and he was like, um, hey dude, like everywhere I go, I'm hearing your name. Would you be interested in reviewing products for us, you know, and, and doing reviews, you know, write-ups and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, dude, I'll do all the product reviews in the world that you want me to do, but I'm not writing it up. I mean, like, I promise you, you don't want me to write, like, anything. I yeah. I'm i just not it's good at it's it, This is you know?
0: pre-grammarly.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so he was like, you know what, dude, just send me stuff. I'll clean it all up. And, you know, boom. So that's how we started how we started writing with uh, Drones Magazine. Um, wor- working and writing with Drones Magazine basically opened the door for me to start going to events and expos and things along those lines. So that's when I like really started meeting people within the community and um, going to large events. I think one of the first large events that we went to was the Phoenix Cup in um, 2016, I think. It was the first Phoenix Cup. Yeah, And uh, we met a lot of really, really cool people there and people who are still um, industry founders and leaders today. And there's like
0: some OG pilots, that, like my buddy Christian Nodeva, FPV, I think yeah. did pretty well at that race and like Provo mm-hmm. and all those guys were there. Like that's a... Yeah,
1: exactly. It's not as big yeah, of no a race Provo, as like
0: nationals, but it's like a pretty, you know, iconic meeting in the early days.
1: It really was, man. It was, like I said, it was one of the first places that you had like pilots from around the world. Not only to say the world, but around the country, definitely get together. Yeah. You know, and it, it was awesome. So, so doing that um, opened the door to uh, Airviews. So, I just one day I get a call, man, out of the blue um, from Mike Israel, CEO of Airviews, and uh, like Drones Magazine. He's like, dude, everywhere I go, I hear your name. So, I was wondering if you could help me out. I'm trying to get. A bunch of pilots who, you know, we want uploading to the site um, basically gave me a layout of what AirViews was all about. You know, and I liked it. You know, I liked what he was telling me. You know, I thought there was a lot of really good potential there if it was managed and ran properly. Um, so I started helping out Mike, um, reached out to this list of pilots who he had been trying to get to upload to AirViews. And basically knocked out the list in like less than a month. And he's like, "Dude, we've been trying to get these guys to upload on the site for over a year now. And you know, we give you this list of guys, and like in less than a month's time, you got all these guys uploading to us. You know, what else can we do together?" So that that basically opened the door with me working with Airviews on a on a permanent basis. And so yeah, we stayed with them until after we finished up season two of Drone Tripping. And when we went to Hawaii, the uh, Drone Nationals in Hawaii, what, uh, two years ago. Yeah. After that, we just kind of, uh, you know, they let go of the race team and their freestyle team, and we just parted ways.
0: Yeah. And then you landed, well, then you had like a quick stint at Tattoo, right, and then you landed at your...
1: Yeah, yeah, I was, um, I was actually still with Airviews whenever um, I started working with Tattoo. I moved from Arizona to uh, the Bay Area here in California to work with Tattoo, and things just didn't work out. But we were here. We liked it. You know, I've got a family, so my kids liked it here, and my wife liked it here.
0: Um, Even if you was, didn't, that's a vote, man. Tomorrow. <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah, dude. I... I I was around, like, honestly, honestly, I I would much rather be back in Arizona. I, I loved it there. You know, it was just, it was so beautiful and so peaceful. The people were just awesome. Um,
0: yeah, you lived out like a... Like, that's how, we, I mean, for the listeners, that's how you and I, we've been talking all these years, but we finally met, like, what, two weeks ago in California? When yeah, I was like, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. We've, we've known each other for, like, two years off and on, dude, and yeah. Yeah, we met the other day in California for the first time. That
0: was time. so random, too. I had no idea you were going to be there.
1: <laughs> yeah, <dude>. Yeah, <laughs> I was, I actually had hooked up with um, Sean Allison, uh, sticks FPV. Yep. We were just going to go hang out that day and go fly. And um, he was like, yeah, man, we're supposed to be hooking up with Quad Garage and um, you and Inspire is going to be there. And we're like, shit, dude, let's go, man. That sounds so, pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. That's going to so, to be a crazy meetup. We finally did, you know, get to hang out and meet up a little bit. I wish we would have had more time together.
0: Yeah, definitely. We'll be out there again. Uh, the Bay Area to me is so sick. It's like so different than Colorado. The best parts are still there. Like the food is great. Weight is legal. You get some great weather.
1: Ah, uh, yes, the but, weed here is fucking amazing,
0: dude. But you guys' weed is way more expensive than ours, dude.
1: State tax. Are, are you is drinking totally black right iced
0: coffee or Coke?
1: Uh, that's Dr Pepper. Damn okay. Yeah. So yeah, the state tax on marijuana right now is just absolutely ridiculous. I think it's like between twenty eight and thirty three percent. Yeah. So yeah, if, if you're gonna get an, an Oz or something, man, you're gonna you're gonna pay. A to a bill just in taxes for it, it's ridiculous.
0: Yeah, I just topped my own personal record, and Brady's gonna hate me for saying this for like the thousandth time, but I got an Oz for 70 bucks.
1: Oh my god, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it would almost be worth the gas for me just to drive out and come hang out for a couple of days. Yeah.
0: <laughs> There's that inner entrepreneur, just do the math <laughs> on that real quick. yeah, exactly. yeah. yeah. <laughs> I could save twenty eight bucks if I just picked it up myself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's with oil change and tire wear. <laughs> uh, yeah, but the Bay Area is sick, and you guys just have—I don't know—like it's definitely just a novelty for me. You know, like Colorado is definitely an awesome spot, but like flying yeah. on the beach, the water, your trees are different, um, and the community vibe is—I um, don't know—better because I guess I'm not really that involved in my community. But here, it's like racing or nothing. It seems like you have a lot more like freestyle, creative pilots.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, that's because there's like freaking ten million people here. Yeah, just... like seriously, there's yeah, you know, there's so many people here that it doesn't matter what kind of niche or something different that you think you're gonna get into, bro. There's there's a community already here revolving around that. Yeah. But <clears throat> that being said, it definitely opens the door to meeting a lot of other pilots. You know, a lot of freestyle, a lot of really good freestyle pilots are coming out of the Bay Area.
0: It's true, man. It's true. You know inspire was one of those people like that spot we met up at is like that iconic all of his banger edits are from that spot i think
1: yeah yeah he he had like shoot man like 20 people out there at that at that spot that weekend um it's cool but you won't catch me flying like that i don't like standing in line to fly man i'm I'm more of a small crowd type guy
0: yeah definitely um, like it's the same like racing um, meetups like that like I mean that one I felt like I had to fly because it was the spot we were on a trip and I like had to get the clip a little bit you know but uh, I love going and hanging out at like races and events but I don't need to like fly you know like yeah. I love the social aspect but for me like flying is a very music is on the world is shut out kind right. of ritual
1: Yep, it's personal and that's <laughs> you know that to me when I first started getting into flying it wasn't it wasn't about sharing my videos it wasn't about how you know how much better i was than this guy who was like my first long range flight was in sedona like dude sedona is like one of the most magical places in the freaking world and i would go there and just almost meditate throughout my entire flight you know going to see if i couldn't reach this pinnacle or this fire or something you know it was
0: oh, yeah, my God, just I escapism go back or
1: yeah yeah, it's okay. exactly escape and that's why aerial escape just it was like it was so perfect. And um uh, I haven't pushed aerial escape a lot man especially since we moved out to Arizona but I think it's time to uh to let the cat out of the bag for you know so to speak on that one man.
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so
1: uh, Colby and I um SFPV we have actually been talking about getting like a hardcore really cinematography Business going here in the Bay Area, I think that we'd probably dominate if we really put our heads to it.
0: Yeah, I think you definitely could, and it seems like the time is now. You know, like I think <sighs> next year it's... it'll be late to the game. Um, I know I Jordan agree. and Jordan and Gab and those dudes and Nurk like created their own little, like rent a pro pilot to come fly at your event little company.
1: Yeah. Yeah, like those guys, they're OGs, oh man. Like, um, uh, Jordan Temkin, him and um, Jesse, and uh, God, I mean, like, all of those dudes were were like the first true FV crew that we really hung out with. Yeah, so we, uh, I and they were at all those
0: races, like Phoenix, like you're saying, like, yeah, they've been exactly. there through from then to ESPN. Mm-hmm. Yep,
1: yeah. yeah, exactly. You know. Um, with Drone Nationals in New York, like, that really set the bar for where we thought uh, drone racing was going to be. Um, and something, like, just something horrible happened, man, between uh, uh, Drone Nationals in New York and Worlds and Hawaii, man. Like, not only did they drop the ball, dude, they, like, they they dropped the ball from, like, the freaking like
0: drop kicked it
1: yeah <laughs> because it hit and that shit just like went straight underground and nobody ever saw it again you know what i mean we were expecting magic in hawaii and dude i was, just, yeah uh, it was a let down but
0: hold up let's take a break to hear from this episode's mid-roll sponsor
1: not only did they drop the ball dude they like they they dropped the ball from like the freaking like
0: drop kicked it yeah
1: because it hit and that shit just like went straight underground and nobody ever saw it again you know what i mean we were expecting magic in hawaii and dude we just, i yeah uh, it was a let down but
0: it was it was one of the craziest experiences of my life because i was like new to fpv ish was working for an fpv company and like went to hawaii with the company. And then, like, a potential investor for the company was there, and the investor saw this event and was like, I don't want to put my money in this hobby. This is, yep. you know, ridiculous, and, like, like I think the company paid, like, extra for VIP tickets for, like, the VIP section, and it was like, there's a cooler with Coors Light,
1: yep. <laughs> you know? Yeah, and, like, and the VIP section in New York, dude, it was like, they brought in air-conditioned trailers for the bathrooms, like like, wait a second you guys have air conditioning in your bathrooms you yeah, know and proper mean, yeah yeah it was it was a proper vip area compared <clears throat> to the way that it was in worlds
0: yeah and in worlds it was just and i wasn't even there to race so like i just watched it all fall apart in the pilots faces but then when i think about like looking back on it like that was the first time i ever saw like nurk johnny willard sean taylor yeah. Minchan, kim was there
1: if you're not looking what, at what happened behind the curtain, like you're, you're kind of unaware, and you could actually enjoy the show, yeah. You know? But it was a lot of the stuff that happened behind the curtain that made us all just go, "Wow!" You know, I, I can't believe that, that they're doing us like this. But for somebody who wasn't really. Paying attention to that area, I could definitely see where it was just like the time of their of their lives.
0: Yeah, drone racing and why?
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. We made the most of it. That's for sure, man. We went like snorkeling every single day and freaking kayaking and. Yeah, I think that that was the
0: good strategy, right? Like, okay, well, we're already here, so.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Let's, Let's
0: adapt and re <laughs>
1: We're not going to have a bad time in Hawaii. I can guarantee you that.
0: Yeah. Did you like, you know, personally in your FPV involvement, did you like, did that moment kind of worry you a little bit in the longevity aspect like, Holy or shit. make you take it's a step so back a little bit? many
1: different ways. Well, so, so you have to think that, um, when I was in Hawaii, Hawaii was like, it was completely different for me than it was for everybody else because I was not only in Hawaii, um to support my sponsored pilots for the event, but we were also there filming season two for drone tripping. And um it was it how do I say this without sounding like an asshole about this company, man? Um so so drone Trippin' was my thing. Like I created the whole concept of drone Trippin'. I wrote the script. I I like I wrote everything in that and when I got to Hawaii, um, season one was, like, me and the pilots, and that's just kind of how I anticipated season two to be. Um, well, when season two came around, we get to Hawaii, and there's this pretty little chick that they're saying is the new host. And I'm like, wait a second, what, what do you mean it's the new host, man? Like, this is my show. Like, how are, how are you going to sit here and cut me out like this? So, So I had a lot on my plate and on my mind. Um, when we were in Hawaii, aside from from just the shit show that was going on at, at Worlds. Um, so I didn't really have a whole lot of time to take in. Sounds um, like a fuck about. shit stack. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it was just, it was a really tough time, man. Um, Airviews was put into a position to where they thought that um, that host would do better on, on camera than I would and they were probably right about that you know and I just I took it personal because it was my baby you know and I wasn't consulted about about them making any of those changes prior to so it, it, it hurt and I took it very personal
0: yeah I mean like hindsight I mean we talked about this when we met up but like you've obviously moved on to it, from it and like in a positive way um hindsight do you like brush it off or do you still think about it
1: uh you know as a businessman i try to brush it off as a human i i can't help but take it personally still um especially due to the fact that i never had an apology like yeah that's a good yeah you know trade dude like we we screwed up man i like we're sorry you know it, it would be completely different but i've never gotten that you know, and because of that, I just feel like it was just kind of, I just was wronged. You know. Yeah.
0: Um. And okay, so that ended, and then, Foxier and CNHL, which are those related, or is that two separate? Like, no. is your job separate?
1: No, Foxier is um, related to um, Dow, so they they own both Foxier cameras and uh, Dow props. Okay. Um, CNHL is its own entity. It's just China hobby line and they're a battery producer.
0: And did you get hooked up with them the same way of like, it's funny that you said like all these people were like, Hey, we keep hearing your name because that's exactly the first thing I said in this beginning of this podcast.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, so no, with CNHL, um, what happened there was, is I, I knew Jason at CNHL for quite a while before I even signed on with tattoo and, um, to be honest with you, Jason tried to get me on with CNHL before I started working with tattoo. And after uh, Miguel left tattoo, I saw an opening there for a company that um, was doing really good. Like Tat- tattoo was running the market at that time when it came yeah. to, you know, providing batteries for the industry. Um, and so I started working with them and that's when I like really started seeing CNHL come about. And I'm like, man, guys, we, we got to do something because these guys are going to, they're going to kick our ass. And we just agreed we disagreed on different ways to handle it and um we ended up splitting ways and now CNHL basically dominates the you know, battery market like I told them they would and they they basically was like, Yes, yeah, CNHL is a fly by night company, they'll be gone tomorrow. I'm like, All right. I remember we'll that. See, I remember man. Yeah.
0: Do you think it was just their their like price attack, like getting into that like next tax tax bracket below? everything else um
1: for cnhl to basically take over like they did yeah because i remember I
0: popping it up and attacks. people were like you know like china's in the name you know no offense right. like but the yeah. initial impression was like a little you know un- uneasy yeah and then yeah, it was exactly. like and f- honestly for me frank i think was the biggest person that i th- like the consistent posting I, like he was like yeah. flying this this pilot that pilot cnhl and it just kind of made it a regular accepted yep. thing and then I people agree. were like you
1: know, you know, cheaper. Um, Frank Frank has not only been one of the best team managers that I've ever worked alongside with, but he promotes the company um, better than just about anybody else does. Man, like it, the guy is all over it. So, like he's def-
0: a sponsored pilot.
1: Yeah, yeah, props and and no pun intended, you know. But props to Frank Sorfino, definitely. Yeah. But yeah, um, I I I, I kind of felt the same way, you know, in regards to CNHL, and we I, we even talked about changing the name because it had you know China in it, and everybody had the experience with BangGood and the other Chinese companies that you know people just naturally shied away from. Um, but uh, I, I don't think that it was just the cheap pricing. Um, back to your previous question, I don't think that, that it, had, it really had a lot to do with that. I think it was the fact that. Um, they were good batteries, and they weren't good batteries for, like, 5 or 10 uses. They were, like, good batteries, and you could get, you know, 50, 100 charges out of them before you really started noticing, um, you know, a drop in the power. And um, I think that Tattoo priced themselves out of the market because price, because Tattoo's batteries, and even today, they're almost double the price of any other competitor out there. Um, and their, their formulas aren't really that different, man. I mean... When you can get a battery for $13 versus a battery for $43, you know, and you know that one battery is only going to last you, you know, 75 charges versus another battery getting 100 out of, you're definitely going to go with the one that is more affordable because you can afford three of them as opposed to buying just one of the others. And I think that that's what happened with Tattoo. You know, that and the fact that they didn't listen to the people who were helping them out with their marketing, which was myself and Miguel. Um, and Miguel ended up leaving. I left after a while. Miguel came back, and I think he is with them on a part time basis now. But um, Tattoo has moved away from um, drone batteries, and they're pushing their RC car and RC truck batteries now more than they are in the FPV industry.
0: Yeah, which like you know my FPV heart side I also get like, in terms of like dealing with you know YouTube and audiences and everything like sometimes I think about like what if I just picked cooking for content yeah, creation right. you know <laughs> um, so I get you know like trying to tap the markets where the money are at where the money's at but I've always like had this theory with battery prices that. Like, to me, all batteries, you know, have pretty much felt very similar. The only thing that I've really noticed a big difference on is the weight of the pack. I don't think the chemistry is, like, leaps and bounds apart, especially – it's not It's not the ratio of the price. It's better, you know? Like, right. if it's 25% more expensive, it's not a 25% better chemistry. The only thing I've noticed is the weight difference. Like, it seems like expensive packs are just a bit lighter. yeah. Yeah,
1: tattoo packs are definitely a couple of grams lighter than the CNHL packs are, um, but that's because uh, if it says fifteen hundred for CNHL, we're probably sticking closer to sixteen fifty in there. So it's not it's not a true rating because we actually put a little bit more in there than what is supposed to be. Um, <laughs> another thing is uh, a lot of these battery ma- battery manufacturers they've gotten away from this here lately, but. For a while there, we kept hearing graphene, graphene batteries. Yeah. Well, when I was with Tattoo, we actually got um, a lot of the different batteries that were on the market. I'm not going to mention any names. And we we took the batteries apart. Yeah, right. Yeah, we we took the batteries apart and we, we... Saw how much graphene was in those batteries, and in every single case, like every, wasn't well, it? Single isn't it
0: like a microscopic amount?
1: It was less than one percent. Yeah, because like,
0: wouldn't like a true graphene be like eighty grand? Like, is it yeah, graphene exactly. like crazy expensive?
1: Point. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, why not? if we started using nickel batteries, it would be cheaper. First of all, you know, and you would get so much more power out of it. Um, but the weight on that, you know, is what holds us back. So, you know, which brings me to another thing is, is um, I really can't wait to see what our next level of tech is going to go to as far as the whole battery solutions are going to be because I think that that's one of our biggest downsides right now, and that's holding everybody back is the fact that we only get like three to five minutes out of a good flight.
0: Yeah, I think so too. I think the th- like the three to five minutes I can even. You know, stomach because sometimes that's like enough intensity for me, depending on what I'm doing yeah. with my quad in that instance. But it's like the maintaining packs and uh, you know, like cycling them out. You know, it's just like it's it's not like the most stressful part of FPV, but it's definitely like the most maintaining part for me. Like I gotta have an X amount of packs, and they have a lifespan, and yeah, it's a big investment. It's like
1: charged and yeah. Like
0: twice a year, I buy like ten to twenty packs, usually on Memorial Day and Labor Day. <laughs> and yep, exactly. And like, I look for them specials. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but you know, it's like a big thing. Um, and uh, it'd be sweet if we could get like faster charging too. Like I could deal with three to five minutes if I could charge it in like five. That'd be sick. Right
1: yeah um when tattoo came out with the h v packs I kind of thought that that's where it was gonna go is that you know you would it opened the door to fast charging um but those h v packs were a huge fail because you would only get like ten to fifteen cycles out of that pack before you would notice a huge sag you know in in your flights man and um so for that it was just a bad it was a bad thing on tattoo's part but I will say that those packs, man, those were some of the most powerful packs that I had ever flown.
0: Yeah. Fresh tattoos have a slight five esque resemblance, like those uh H V packs.
1: Yeah, they did. They were awesome.
0: Um, yeah. And then and then let's talk about Fox here. What's your role there and how same thing, just Trey player at the end of an F P V cul de sac.
1: So, <laughs> yeah, So, um, with Foxeer, I basically, uh, just, I met Harvey Wong, um, through Crossing Paths, um, through Facebook groups and, you know, this and that. Uh, I think he sent us some product to do some reviews, uh, whenever I was still writing with Drones Magazine, um, and, uh, so that, so that's how I kind of met Harvey, and, um, I don't remember how the whole business relationship started between us, but I know that he was looking for somebody to manage his FPB team here in uh, in the US and UK side of things. So I stepped in there, um, and then they just started having a bunch of questions that they would, you know, start firing off at me, you know, asking my opinion, and it started becoming a really, really good friendship and business relationship, and. You know, um, so, I mean, it was, it was almost like just natural, it was just a natural happening between us. Um, and man, when I say, you know, that I love working with Fox here, I mean, I really, really mean that because they're just the team of people that we have there, the innovation that that company has, like, do we have so many big products coming versus the stuff that we just released over the past six months. I mean, you've got, we got the box two that just dropped. We got the mix. We've got something else that's coming that may or may not be HD. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) So So we've, and that we've got, you know, the VTXs and the antennas and and the props. So Foxier is there. That
0: lollipop is sick, dude.
1: Yeah, you know, um, the F405 FC, that's like one of our, mm-hmm. our babies, man. Like, that is one of the best FCs that I personally have ever used. And if you haven't used one yourself, let me know. I'll send one to you.
0: <laughs> I but, you know, it's,
1: it's it's all in one. It, it basically, you know, it takes so much weight off of your quad where you can put everything in just a small stack, man. And I love that. It's got camera control on the FC, you know, uh I could just go on and on and on about it, but
0: yeah, that's all i'm I got a rebel ruxus I'm building up, and space is an issue right now, and that's like something yeah. I've been you know trying to figure out,
1: yeah, another really great company man is rebel, you know those guys have been around for a really, really long time. we were talking about you know. Companies and people who had grandfathered into this industry, and Re- Rebel is definitely one of them. You now Chase has done a lot of good stuff for this for this industry.
0: Yeah, dude, shout out to Chase. You're an awesome dude, and your voicemails of yeah, this is Chase from the Rebel Company. Call me back." <laughs> <laughs> Just get yeah, right. me every time.
1: <laughs> yeah, he's a good dude, man.
0: Yeah. Um, something you know, like you've had this kind of, I guess you're in like the upside down of FPV. If I had to like look at it in a visual way, all like all the pilots and communities functioning over here and trays like, you know, just in the upside down watching it all happen and <clears throat> plucking some strings. But do you ever think that like FPV pilots or like, you know, the perception of our hobby and mentality of it is ever the limiting factor of our growth? No, no. Okay, awesome.
1: Absolutely not, man. Because uh, because of a couple of reasons, but mainly because um, the engineers who create the products that we use aren't pilots. You know, so there's there's a huge separation there, man. I mean, um, and and that blows me away is you know finding out that you know these guys who created these ESCs or you know these props or these cameras don't don't even fly, you know. Uh, that that was a lot like Airviews, man. Airviews was a drone company and nobody flies drones there. It's like, what the hell are you what? guys doing? Yeah, right <laughs> yeah you know? Uh, so, but yeah, so for that reason, no, I don't, you know. Um, when I first, um, when Aerial Escape first started doing business um, in 2013, 14, um, I used to tell my clients, man, what we can do is far beyond what you can imagine, what we what you think we can do. You know, like um I had a farmer ask me if we could put an IR reader on a drone so he could fly out and count his cows off of his couch. I was like, "Yeah, yeah, we could do that, man. It's going to run you about twenty grand, but we can do it." You know, Um so for that, you know, now to go from having a GoPro on your drone to just from capturing pretty pictures and videos to now we're using drones for geothermal imaging and radar mapping and lidar magnetometers it's 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 through the roof it's amazing yeah so no i do not think that pilots in any way shape or form like what we see where we're going is actually where we're going to end up i don't and i think there's there's far too many smarter people and scientists behind this industry than what we are
0: yeah, totally agree. Anything, no offense to
1: anybody. no offense anybody.
0: Like, but you know, like I understand ESCs, but I can't tell you like why it flies better, you know, or like what that fet does. Yeah. And
1: you know, I won't build one. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'll install them all day long. But yeah, the the, the tech behind them is just amazing, man. And, um, it, it's growing so fast.
0: Yeah, and know? so also on the front of like growth. You know, you're on the company side. How do general companies or people like making, you know, industry decisions feel about like racing or freestyle? Do they think it's like both an equal front? Is racing starting to gain way more traction right now? Um, What's the sense there?
1: Well, to be honest, I think that when when you have different companies like that who operate in different spaces that they just kind of have a mutual respect for one another, but they see that their paths just don't cross, man. Like whenever I'm doing aerial photography, I never have anybody ask me about drone racing. They might mention, you know, the whole ESPN thing, DRL thing, but um, very rare uh, do we talk about, you know, do I – would I talk about uh, drone racing with one of the real estate agents that I'm working with?
0: Yeah, and you know? how about like like straight freestyle? Though? Like I'm saying like if you guys you know have like X amount of people you can sponsor or you're trying to think of like next year where the industry is going to be, do you see more value on racing or freestyle? Like what's the – corporate industry oh, wow. vibe you think
1: uh, that's a good question you know um, two years ago freestyle sponsoring freestyle pilots wasn't even a thing it was just, just looked down upon it was a waste of time and money, <laughs> you,
0: you pass <pest> <laughs> um,
1: and now I think it's um, I, I, I almost see where freestylers um, are more valuable to a company than a, than a racer would be because of season times for one you know the race seasons there's only certain times of the year where you can race in each co- each country
0: that's a good point um, well, yeah. as
1: opposed to um freestyle season it, there isn't one you know i mean you've got guys out there flying in colorado and snowy mountains you know and gab freaking going up on top of glaciers and you know, people flying in the desert when it's 120 degrees just doing crazy cool stuff. So for that reason, I don't I don't really think that freestylers are any less value than racers are today. Um, I see a change in the race industry and the way that things are going right now. I, so two years ago, I think that everybody saw FPV racing as something that was going to be a lot like NASCAR. And I like using NASCAR as, as an example because the way that FpV and the whole drone concept came about was almost the same way that NASCAR was you know you just have a bunch of guys doing crazy shit in their garage yep. you know talking to other guys and just you know trying to one-up each other man and, and and that's how FPV racing started you know just build a uh, second a lot like one NASCAR. Yeah, a lot like NASCAR, you know, and, and at first NASCAR had no sponsors, man. You know, they, nobody wanted to touch NASCAR. They all thought it was a joke, you know, and um, I think FPV Racing was kind of the same thing. You know, was, nobody really paid much attention to it at first, um, and then sponsors started seeing uh, money and potential, um, and I think that they still do, and I think that X-Class is something that really brings value to sponsors, um into this industry because now you've got actual real estate uh, on a drone where you can toss a logo and somebody'll see it as opposed to, you know, two fifty size racing. Uh we need like,
0: hologram bodies.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Just like two fifty like racing barbro
0: logo glowing above a quad going through the sky. Yeah, yeah, I, you
1: know, we got a, a thousand millimeter drone, man. There's plenty of room there to freaking toss a logo and, you know, get some shout outs so people that see it versus, a, you know, a 250 or, you know. Yeah, you can barely
0: see the quad itself. It's like the, mm-hmm. I mean, it's like spectating quad racing, not from the FPV perspective is like watching mosquitoes or something.
1: Dude, I'm glad that you said that, you know, George Carlin said something in one of his comedy specials that like really struck me funny whenever I was a kid and I like using it as an example at Dave, but he said that watching golf was like watching flies fuck. You know? <laughs> and it is. Because they're little tiny things and you you know, they're moving all over the place. And that's exactly what watching drone racing is like. It's like trying to watch flies fuck, man. You know, especially when they're out in the field and they're not right in front of you. And you can't really see what you're looking at anyways yeah so um so the phoenix cup 2 um we had FPV monitors like huge monitors set up so that way the audience could actually spectate and that's when i like really saw a change and geared towards um having spectators you know for the racing and stuff like that and i really think that if somebody would have jumped on that and started it Bringing larger monitors to to drone racing that it would be more um, spectator and viewer friendly than what it is right now because if you're not the pilot, it's boring. Yeah, it really is. I think even coming from a pilot's perspective, it's freaking boring.
0: Yeah, I think you need like the visual aspect of seeing what's happening too, and then you need like you know a good commentary or like visual aid like to explain like, hey, this is what the heats are this is how they get to the finals because if you just like walk up to a drone race and they're like heat three these are the pilots on the line you know goggles down thumbs up
1: yeah you'd be like what the hell is going on? yeah and that's where you know um we've got two really good announcers who work with us that's joe scully and um charlie segura a lot of people don't really know charlie because he's you know he sticks in california man but Charlie is like one of the funniest and coolest announcers, man. Like I would love to have both him and Joe in the same place together at the same time. It would be it would be almost impossible to race because everybody would be laughing their asses off so much.
0: Yeah, you gotta make you you should try to shoot for that tiny whoop invitational man. That's the best place to get away with crazy shit and have a good time. <laughs> <laughs> um and then also I wanted to ask, like, from the company perspective, you know, whether it's like Foxy or CNHL or like other company vibes you've gotten what do what do companies look for in pilots that they you know want them to represent like is it pilot skill you know like community engagement um, content consistency it's a little
1: bit of all of that yeah you know um, how you handle yourself and how you represent yourself really makes a big difference you know like Me personally, whenever I'm trying to look for people, like, if you're an asshole, I don't want anything to do with you, man, you know, because you're not going to represent the company properly. You know, we want positive people and people who are going to, you know, try and and bring a good face to the company at all times. Um, Pilot skill does have a lot to do with it, you know, especially when you're talking about um, freestyle pilots, Race pilot is completely different. It's so black
0: and white, right? It's a result. It
1: it really is. It it really is. Um, But yeah, pilot skill has a lot to do with it. How you represent yourself in the community, um, how engaging you are in the community, you know, uh, Facebook groups, Instagram, YouTube, airviews, like how many places you share, what you share, like, yeah, all of that makes a huge difference. Um, but more than anything, I really think it just, it gets down to the person, you know, like I just don't like doing business with shitty, shady people. Yeah, man,
0: man if I bring you on this, I got to deal with you on a regular basis. So yeah, I might as exactly, well Enjoy dealing exactly. with you.
1: That's absolutely right. You know? Um, but yeah, I think that all of those combined combined together, um, really make the full package of, of whoever it is that we're looking at.
0: Yeah, I think a lot of the you know, like the people that are really starting to take it to the moon, like the Nurks and Jets and people creating content like, like Stinger Swarm, now that he's off Rotorite, man, his videos are like unhooked. They're awesome. Yep. Um uh, but they're, you know, taking in that like, okay, this is like a full spectrum thing. And I think in that sense F P V is maturing a bit. Like a lot of I see a lot of influence from like YouTube content creators and F P V videos that aren't F P V people, like Willard's busting out coffee shots like Peter McKinnon over here. I see him all the I know, time. Right. But it's awesome because it's like maturing, right? Like people are paying attention to how crisp their footage looks, how tuned it is, stick mm-hmm. inputs, like actual proper B roll, not just like the same quad taken off all the time. And uh and and them like caring, you know, is starting to make it I think a lot more mature and polished, which I think in end effect is gonna help how other people look at it. Mm-hmm. And something you mentioned about racing, too, is, you know, like, it's hard to spectate. It's interesting, because in, like, the last year, and as a freestyle pilot, I've always focused on smoothness and being deliberate, and in, like, the last year, racing has become very watchable, because the pilots and the, like, FPV setups are just getting so smooth. Like, even the fastest race laps are, you know, like, one stick input turns now, and it's just so sexy.
1: Yeah. Yeah. um, Alex Vanover um uh Alex Campbell and Sean Taylor are both three three of those people who are um doing stuff like that that it, it's gone from just blurry camera footage to actually watchable stuff now. Yeah. You know, <clears throat> and also three of the, you know, fastest pilots that that I deal with, man. Um you know, working with Foxhear it puts me in the position of working with you know, I don't know if you know like Foxhear we have milk we have Minchin, we have Sean Taylor, so so we literally have like the fastest people in the world on the Year team. So um, it gives me opportunity to to watch that different footage, man. So I, I see what you're saying, and yeah, it's definitely gone from nauseating, and I hate to say it, you know, no totally. offense, guys, <laughs> not nauseating yeah. um, to to enjoyable, you know. So it's good to see that that come about, yeah.
0: The advent is coming. Um, it is. Those are all the topics I had. Do you have anything else you wanted to touch on?
1: No, man, not really. You know, I think that we covered covered just about everything. Um, just uh, point people towards uh, the websites, you know. And, yeah. Um, we got the, the we got like I said, you know, a lot of really good stuff coming out. Um, the F four hundred five is back. We're bringing that back. We we had the F f7 for a while but a lot of people don't really like using the f7 boards so we're bringing back the f405 we've got um the falcor the falcor camera from fox ear that's amazing for a freestyle camera um man i've been i've flown my fat falcor and i've been like you know watching my fpv feed as i'm flying and think of how beautiful it is and then i land and i pull the footage from my gopro and i'm like, damn. Like, my FPV feed was better than this, you know? Give me that. I'll watch the DVR footage or the GoPro footage, (laughs) man. So, you know, that, the mix, the box, um, just so, so much good stuff. Um, China Hobby Line is coming out with a bunch of really good packs. Um, So that's another really good company to keep an eye on. Um, Again, you know, two, two companies, man. I'm just so blessed and so lucky to work with you know, that is on top of the innovation for, for everything that we do. So I love it. And I love you guys, man. You know, I love the fact that we're, we're both two dudes, you know, we're sitting here freaking doing a podcast, you know, over the video internet. And yeah. we're talking about drone industries and freaking flying drones and making money while we do it, man. It's, it's awesome. It's, it's amazing, you know, we get to connect with each other.
0: It's rad, oh, man. I'm
1: freaking gay for potheads, man. It's another large part of our industry.
0: <laughs> yeah, that was so funny when I met you. And I was like, how is it dealing with FPV pilots as a whole? And you were like, well, since 80% of them are potheads, it's pretty chill. Yeah, man.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Yeah, so, I mean, we've automatically got that, that you know, that common common thing in between us. So, you know... Um, I don't know with potheads, man, it's like if, if you smoke together, it's like almost an immediate friendship bond, you know? Yeah, bro. We don't really have to say anything, man. Just pass it to me and we're good. I
0: don't have a lighter. Do you? Yeah. All right. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Do, Do, do companies know that about the industry? Like they are in tune with that?
1: No. Um, especially China, you know, um, in China, I think, um, pot might still be a freaking uh, punishable by death type and of offense.
0: Chop your hand off.
1: Yeah, not yeah, exactly. Um, as opposed to like, you know, California and Colorado, man, we're like, dude, it's so pot friendly here, you know, we don't even think twice about it. Yeah. But, um, no, so I try, to, I try to make sure that my pilots are aware of that and that, you know, they know that whenever they put stuff on Facebook that <clears throat> it's not just me who's looking at it but it's other you know representatives from the company and they just you know kind of keep it toned down
0: yeah i kind of had that moment when uh my 10 year old cousin was like i saw your last video on youtube and i was like like it wasn't like it was a g-rated video but i was like okay so that's the level i'm at right
1: now i need to not you know just keep it kosher personal times personal time yeah exactly hey there's a the place and you know time and place for everything man so yeah
0: well hell yeah man i appreciate
1: you doing the show and i'm sure i'll talk to you in the near future absolutely bro thank you and you know if you need anything from me don't hesitate to reach out bro um we've got like i said the box is gonna drop uh here pretty soon uh first batch we have an extremely limited number of cameras coming out so i won't be able to get you anything but second batch i can definitely you know uh, push a camera your way
0: yeah no rush man appreciate it yeah all right trey you have a good night man
1: yeah you too brother keep doing what you're doing man thank yeah, you, you
0: too. peace
1: all right brother later